0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Life and Ministry podcast where we seek to have honest conversations about everyday life and the church. My name is Chandler James, and on today's episode, I'm joined as always by my two co hosts, Matt Armendares and Paul Rivera. We're three student pastors in the Houston area who used to work together but now work for three different churches. We have always loved normalizing conversation that causes us to think deeply about life and ministry. And so on today's episode, we ask the question, is there a place for non-Christians to serve in the church? We hope that this episode challenges you to consider what serving in the church could and should look like in 2020. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Chandler. I'm Matt. And I'm Paul. And this is the Life and Ministry
1: podcast. Maddie, Paulie, how we doing, y'all? Okay, guys, listen. So I just got back from possibly the worst place you could ever go in the United States of America, maybe in the world. I know that sounds dramatic, but it's mostly true. Walmart. Okay, <laughs> hear, hear me out as to why I even went there, because you might be asking. Matt, why would you ever, ever, ever in your life step in Walmart? Because it is literally that bad. So um, here's what happened. Went to Kohl's, had to drop off an Amazon package for a return. This podcast is brought to you by Amazon with fast and easy returns. So quick shout out to our sponsors. And while I'm at Kohl's, I see, okay, Walmart's right here. So I drive over to Walmart, got to pick up some groceries a little bit. Don't do like the where you like, they bring it to your car. Cause you know, I'm not organized enough to do that. Instead. I just walk in there, I go get it and then I'm walking and I'm looking in the appliance aisle uh, where like the vacuums and toasters and all that kind of stuff is. And I see a steam mop and I was thinking I should probably get one of these because I usually do a lot of the mopping in the house and I hate mopping. And it's gross. And then you empty it out in your sink. And I was like, okay, let me try something else. I don't want one of those like Swiffer push spray ones. And so I got a steam mop and uh, I just used it and cleaned my kitchen floors and it was awesome.
0: Wait a second. So today you just were casually walking through Walmart and you just came home with a steam mop?
1: Uh, Mostly, yeah. I mean, I, I had mentioned wanting to get one before. Okay. And then I found one at Walmart and just bought it. Here's the real question. When you guys get something new like that, do y'all read the instructions and no. to like put it together? No, I'm too excited to use it.
2: Yes, I'm paranoid because I'm paranoid that it has some kind of cool function that I'm not going to take advantage of because I don't know it's there. Okay.
1: I <laughs> So this is a, you literally, you, you put it together and you plug it in and you fill the little cup with water and then steam comes out of the bottom. And yeah. it like gets stuff off the ground. And no, I did not look at the instructions. I never read the instructions. Even if I'm like building something, I just try to figure it out without instructions. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Uh, when I, when I, we were younger, when I, we were younger, when I was younger, uh, my, my family had a steam mop and they're awesome. They're really cool. I didn't even know that they made them anymore. There seems to be like there's got to be something better than something that I used to use when I was in, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently not. I mean, they're awesome, man.
1: They're no, they're clutch. I I'm excited because, um, like, I'm the type of guy who doesn't sweep. I just vacuum the hardwood floor and the tile. So I just run the vacuum on it. If the Roomba doesn't get it, I use a vacuum with the steam mop. I I it is like a mop that looks like a vacuum cleaner. So I, you just roll that thing through now is yep. what my plan and and ours i don't know about yours ours used to have like it was like a pad
0: that like went on there and you can like take it off and you can throw it in the washing machine
1: yes so i bought a new one too uh and it is says it's good for 20 uses to like scrub the floor so you know that that really means like thirty to forty for me. I think
0: that's like that's like how often Paul wears his mask, right? Twenty wears.
1: Oh my gosh! Twenty wears on a disposable mask. It sounds about
2: right. <laughs> how much? I'm trying to figure out if this is worth it. How much is each thing that gets twenty uses? Like eight dollars. Eight dollars. Oh, that's not that bad. I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I
2: Did just you mop like once a month, like me. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> get me almost I'm... through a full year. I'm not going to lie. In my mind, I was like, okay, that's $8 a month. I was like turning it into like a monthly subscription thing in my head. <laughs> like, but then I was like, wait, that would mean that you would like try to mop 20 times in a month. I was like, you're not doing that.
1: No chance. Hey, speaking of monthly subscriptions, are you guys Apple Music or Spotify guys?
2: I'm Apple Music, to be honest. I'm Apple Music.
0: There's a reason why before you, before you got, cause I know you're not an Apple music guy. I'm Apple music. I'm in it for the long haul too. You're in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the long haul. I think, I think at some point Apple music will be better than Spotify. You know what?
1: I remember when Apple music came out Chandler and me and you both had Apple music and yep. I had betrayed Spotify for a brief moment, like two months. And we said it would be better because it's Apple and Apple yes.
2: always finds a way to be better.
1: I'm still there. I know that that was like six years ago,
0: but I'm I'm still on it.
2: To be honest, part of me recognizes that Spotify is better, but I'm too deep in, man. I have like 160 song playlists going that I listen to regularly and there's no way I'm going to restart. So even though I recognize Spotify is probably better, I'm too comfortable with how Apple Music is and I'm too comfortable with my playlist that I've already created. You understand that if
1: to recreate a playlist on on Spotify that you already have on Apple Music would take you like a couple of minutes.
2: Yeah, I don't want to have to do that. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> yeah, our our like Apple subscription is all looped in with like our family plan. It links our calendar and all those kinds of things. So I'm not I'm not touching it. But I will say the frustrating thing about Apple is they like try to monopolize things, right? So like, there's not an Apple Music app on your smart TV or on your PlayStation, but there's like Spotify apps on those types of things. That is one thing that kind of
1: frustrates me about Apple. But Do, does it work on a on a Echo like an Amazon Echo?
0: Only, only because it has Bluetooth and I can Bluetooth link to it. Wait, it wait, wait, wait. Like
1: a... You can't do, you can't say, Alexa, play Johnny Swim from Apple Music. You can't do I that. Don't, we have one in our kitchen and I don't think oh, so. No I think chance. It, oh,
2: that is such a third world problem, man. No chance. You, oh, I can't just ask out loud, hey, play Johnny Swim. Like, that's what you're so worried about. Are oh, you
0: serious? I, I think it comes, kind of, like, when we say that, it'll say, playing johnny swim from amazon whatever it like has like (laughs) its like own like little thing but it doesn't have all the songs
1: no (laughs) it's good enough but just got because of prime day shout out to prime day again sponsored by amazon (laughs) we just got a uh amazon echo that we just put in our kitchen and i was programming it and stuff you can make spotify like the default so if i can say hey alexa play penny and sparrow it'll play Playing Penny and Sparrow from Spotify, it does that. That's nice, and it glows and stuff. Yeah, I know that like mine will do that. Mine do that, but it just won't play it from Apple Music. It'll just play. It's it's not hooked up to my Apple
2: subscription. Yeah, it's see, a-
1: you have to like pretend it's a Bluetooth speaker, like it's a Beats Pill or something. It's yeah, a glorified be. Beats Pill for you, and not hey Alexa, play this. It's a uh, you got to go on there on your Bluetooth settings and change it. That's that's a problem. That's a big yeah. But for me. but if
0: I say. Hey, Alexa, tell me about the news today. It'll say, hey, in today's news, and then it'll be something political, and then we kind of go on with our days, and it'll tell me the weather and, you know, all those kinds of things.
1: It's something political, and you get super annoyed because it's ridiculous. Yeah, and then I say, Alexa, shut up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But Hang on. For Spotify, is there, like, family plans? Yeah, yeah you can have up the, to six my about people apple. music is that like i'm i don't pay for mine. my dad pays for it i'm just on the family plane
0: okay see that's not, that's different I, i'll be honest with you i think spotify is better i've thought about switching multiple times but i'm in it for the long haul like i'm just i'm just there i got
1: apple everything it's connected i just i just need it I don't sounds know. like an instagram poll question we need to throw
2: up on this week are you yeah, an are you a are no, you a spotify but, guy
1: or girl or are you an
2: apple music guy or... but neither of us are even arguing that apple music is better we just have reasons why we like it yeah I, I, you're let choosing me, let me go an inferior product saying i wouldn't say that apple music is better i'd say i'm more comfortable with it and i'm too deep in i i acknowledge i'm too lazy to switch yeah i don't know but anyways well this is probably a good time for us to go ahead and get into our topic so um for this week um, the topic that we're going over actually just a, a couple of weeks ago, Chandler and I, Chandler, was that when we were driving to camp? Is that when we talked about this?
0: Yes, we were going to look at a okay. camp.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so Chandler and I, a few weeks ago, we're driving to go visit um, a campsite together as we think through summer camp plans, which is a totally different conversation. But, anyways, um, while w- during that drive, we were in the car for like seven hours total between there and back. So we talked about a lot of different things. But one of the things that, um, was kind of brought up that we talked about for a while, um, was kind of you know how church ministry and and dealing with volunteers and things and one of the one of the questions that I brought up and asked Chandler um, that I've heard debated for as long as I've been in church um, is is should there be a place for non Christians to volunteer in your church? Um, so I, I hope I'm wording that question in a way that's not complicated. I'm thinking through how I said that. Yeah, should there be a place for non Christians to volunteer in your church? Um, and I feel like we've heard that. Um, debated for years. I don't know if you have, but I know I have, and I know a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. I know I have my opinions, but I'm curious what, what y'all would have to say about that.
0: Yeah. And to be clear to our listeners, we didn't actually even dissect that conversation. Uh, I don't even remember why, but like we just kind of passed over it and like we didn't even talk about it a whole lot. To, uh, to answer your question, I think there's a lot of nuance to it. And I think that there's a lot of like um, ways that we can address this topic in a general sense. I would say, yes, I think that there is a place for non, non-Christians non to volunteer at the church.
1: Also, real quick clarification for our listeners. I think that depending on how you answer this question, it does still apply to you, even if you don't work in a church. Because if you think that there is a place for non-believers and non-Christians to serve in a church, then that means that that could be a method you use to invite them into church or to you know, use that as a bridge to to get them in, inside the church to maybe hear a gospel presentation or whatever that might be. So those of you who are like, ah, this sounds like just a church-only church staff thing, I, I think that this can apply to just about anybody that's listening to this.
2: Sure. And I think it's – and if you think the other way, so so if you think that there's not a place for non-Christians to volunteer, I think um, it's an opportunity for people to think through, I guess, how we even see volunteering or, or why you would define – like volunteering in that way, I think it's healthy for anybody, even you know, just just a member at a church to, to think through things like this.
1: Yeah, so Paul, or not Paul Chandler, you said there is a place for them. Okay, can we like maybe what is it? What is it? What is volunteering? What What is that? It's probably define know. that,
2: right? Because there's
1: a lot of ways. That's why I was saying there's a lot of nuance and a lot of definitions
0: that need to take place. Right. And we don't have to define all of them. Right. Some of them maybe could be assumed, but I'm even thinking non-believer, non-Christian, like those are some things that need to be defined. Who is a volunteer? What is a volunteer's role? Is there different levels of volunteering is really the place I think that we need to start with because in a general sense. Right. And y'all can ask me questions if you want, but I think that there is a place for non-believers, non-Christians to volunteer in the church. I do think that there are different levels of volunteering within the church so we could talk about uh you know people who you know open doors people who pass out donuts people who lead in the worship team people who do announcements that could be people who serve in student ministry and kids ministry and men's ministry women's ministry whatever ministry that looks like you know hospital visits you know all those types of things i think the, it begs the question of hey is there is there a role in, in that list, you know, that non-believers or non-Christians can kind of fit into if they're a part of the church in some capacity. But I even think, and I might be jumping ahead of myself, even like the question of like being a part of a church. So like, do you have to be a believer to be a part of the church? And what I mean by a part of the church is volunteering and contributing in that sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's the question, right? Like, like, does that make them a part of the church or, or can they be partial? Okay, yeah, I, I'm excited to get into this. So I guess, and then the other definition we're talking about. So when I say non-Christian, I guess what I'm thinking is someone who is not like professing faith and and active in the church. So so I I think of and and for our listeners, like hear me out. Like it's great if, if someone is coming to church um, for months or years and they are just saying, "Hey, I don't really know what I think, but I'm just here." Like. I think that that's, that's great that you're there. Um, I I do believe a a mentor of mine one time told me that um, everyone's faith is a journey and that sometimes those journeys look different and it could take time. And so um, hear me that I'm not saying that, that those people shouldn't be in the church or whatever, but um, I I guess what, what I think of when I would say like for a non-Christian volunteer, I think of someone who wouldn't profess what we believe, um, wouldn't agree um, that in the same Christ that we believe in, um wouldn't want to wouldn't be able to be a member of the church because they would not agree with what we think or follow um our same ideas so for someone like that to come in and say hey can i volunteer in blank and then like chandler said i guess all kinds of things right so whether it be something behind the scenes like hey i want to help clean up afterwards or i want to help set up chairs before service or i want to be in the parking lot making sure people aren't Mm -hmm. breaking into cars up to the levels of hey, I'm going to say hi to people when they come in or hang out things or up to like stage things, right? So, yeah. so I, I think that's where I'm thinking of it from is like like a someone who just comes to church but doesn't think of themselves as actively like, hey, I'm, I'm a part of this body and believing what they do and uh, trying to achieve the same mission.
0: Yeah, so I guess I would ask you all in a general sense because I said, yes, I think that there are places or levels in which a non-Christian can – volunteer in the church i guess i'm just asking in a general sense and then maybe we can kind of dive into kind of the details and uh, why we think specific
2: things uh, what do y'all think so <laughs> i'm okay so i feel like i i'll have to clarify this throughout but generally no i don't think so and i feel like a jerk saying it out loud i, I feel like it makes me sound like a jerk but i don't know i i have my reasons for for genu- generally i'd probably say no
0: okay that's fair. I got a lot of questions about that, but go ahead, Matt.
1: <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play the fence rider, middle ground person just to, just so you guys can be annoyed by it. I would probably lean more towards the generally no because I think the function of a volunteer is different. And I would even go so f- far to say although I know many churches don't practice this um, I think that if you're going to volunteer in a church, I think you need to be a member of that church, personally speaking. I see that, that, that's Okay. A, that's
0: a whole nother issue. I know. Yeah. But, but no, no, no. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. I think that there's a, there's, that's what I'm saying. I'm suggesting like almost a hybrid in the sense I think that there's some levels to that. If you're asking me, like Paul, you brought up the parking lot, like we have somebody that goes out into the parking lot and they count the cars to make sure Matt, I know at your church, they do the same thing there, right? That like, go out and count the cars, see if like, how is our parking spots doing all those types of things. If you're asking me if that person needs to be a, a believer or in a Christian, I'm going to say no. Like, I don't think so but
2: but see we know. we can talk about it i, I i'm excited I, i'm excited cuz i have questions for you too and 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 let me to say kind of what what Matt mentioned that that maybe some churches practice that and and some don't i don't so so i'm very open i this is one of the conversations that i can really honestly say like i'm open to changing my mind and i recognize that there are churches that i really respect that are on opposite sides of the spectrum sure um and so i don't know that i'm necessarily right in what i think i just i do have my opinions on it but i'm open to to hearing and thinking other ways. And I recognize that, Hey, I I could, I could easily be wrong, but
1: yeah, I, I don't know if this is a topic I'm super passionate about necessarily just because I can, I, I, you know, I ride the fence and I would say like, I even, I work at a church that uses contract workers and I work at a church that there isn't a, you must be a member in order to serve volunteer, volunteer, there's, that's not a criteria so like I'm not speaking on on their behalf by any means never am on this podcast anyway but personally like I think the I think that volunteering at a church in whatever capacity is a privilege and that privilege is for members of that of that body is like the stance that I'm probably gonna take here although that it does not bother me that like a church might or that even if my church had someone like that that in the band maybe isn't a christian or Uh, you know, something like that. Like, that doesn't like, oh my gosh, like that grinds my gears. Like, that's a major issue for me. I'm more of a, my personal preference would be if it was up to me, I was the sole decision maker there. I would say, you need to be a member of our church if you're going to serve in any capacity at all.
0: Hmm. See, I, sounds extreme. I know. I know that sounds, that sounds strong to me. Like, it really does. Cause I just think, and obviously, all this to say to our listeners, like, there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. Cause I, I'm tracking with you on the membership thing, Matt, because I would even go in far as far to say, do you have to be a believer to be a member? I don't know. I think that's, that's a, that's another question for like another podcast at another time. You don't is think so? Churches. That's a, that's a very, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying, Paul. I I think you should. I have a lot of questions as to how you evaluate that through an onboarding process. So like if I'm a very systems thinker, so you have somebody who comes up to you in your student ministry and your production ministry and your whatever ministry it is, your parking lot ministry, your facilities ministry. And someone says, Hey, I'm interested in volunteering. What do you tell? Tell them, you know what I'm saying? Do you say, well, we really only let members be volunteers. Okay, well, I'll go to the membership class. Well, we really only let believers. Well, how how are you starting <laughs> that conversation to me? Like, are you sending them a Google form and asking them to click some boxes? Are you a believer? Yes or no? I don't know, man. I just think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of conversation that has to happen in order for you to get to the place where you're evaluating that.
2: That's so- my opinion. So I, so I, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's as complicated. I don't think it has to be as complicated as you're making it sound like. I guess my answer to what you're asking would be, yes, that is probably what I would say. So if someone came up to me and said, Hey, I want to volunteer in the student ministry. I want to start coming on Wednesday nights and helping out your student service. I say, Okay, well, you have to be a, so, so you have to be a member to do that. Um, and then if, if they're like, Oh, well, I'm not a member. Okay. We have to go to our membership class and to join, to join our church. Like I think it's very fair to say, Okay, you have to, you have to, like acknowledge and whether that be that you're just signing something or that you're just verbally affirming, like, yes, I agree that Christ died for my sins and raised from the dead. I agree that like, I believe what this church says about the Bible. I believe what this church says about salvation. Like, I think it's okay to ask people, yes, you have to agree with that to be a member and you have to be a member to volunteer. Sure.
0: But you're going to launch me into a whole nother thing about the way membership works at churches. If you're telling me that they have to just go to a place, sign a sheet of paper so that they can volunteer in a ministry to do what? Like to pass out donuts, to, to open a door. Like I open doors at restaurants all the time. Like <laughs> I don't know if you have to be a believer to do that. That's my opinion. But
1: Okay, hold on. Do you you don't think that someone who's a greeter, let's take a greeter for example, and they're directly in they're their first person to interact with someone coming into the church shouldn't like they don't need to be a follower of Jesus?
2: No, I don't think so. so See, that doesn't make sense. So, so what I think of, and yeah, I have a lot of reasons why I don't agree with you. But one of the stronger things I think of <laughs> That's such a that, way to – what a preface yeah. there, huh? And it sounded stronger than I meant it to But one of the first things I think of, and, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but this is like a very personal thing. What I think is when I go to a church, so when I visit a church and I see people in volunteer shirts or I see someone open the door, my first thought is, okay – they represent the church and the church would back a lot of their opinions. So that's why if I went on Facebook and I saw that guy while in on Facebook about politics or saying something super racist or just being a total jerk on Facebook, I'm like, wow, the church backs him and supports him and and lets him stand at the door and say hi to me when I walk in. Like that must be how the church thinks. So with that being said, I know I just gave very extreme examples of like a total jerk, but even if it's a very nice person who's very like generally a nice person, but they don't believe in Jesus, it's weird that Like, okay, if I have a conversation and recognize that they're kind of like, I don't really know what I believe, you know, my wife's, my wife goes here and loves what they think. And I don't really know what I think. But you know, I like helping out here. To me,
0: that's weird. Yeah, but what you that example that you just gave, here's and this is a whole nother issue. Like we got people who are profess like they are believers. We know that they're believers, but they're saying and doing the stuff publicly that you're talking about and making the church look terrible. And then on the on the back end, man, we got people who are non-believers who are holding the doors open and they ain't making that kind of noise. And honestly, in a sense, they're representing the church better. So I don't know, man. And and we're not talking about student ministry specifically, but like I have students who are non-believers who who are involved in our student ministry because of the fact that they serve, and I think that that's something to consider too. Like, I don't know, I have I have people that go serve with me places that that aren't believers, but but
2: it's I don't think it's fair to use the to use the opposite. Like, okay, because some Christians sin, then it's okay for non Christians who don't sin as badly to help. Like that doesn't sound fair. No, like, I, like sure. Like, like I don't know. I, I, because I see what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and and so I would say that those probably those people probably shouldn't volunteer either. Then, if you're representing the church, I think that you should believe what we believe, probably be a member, and you should hold yourself to a certain standard.
0: But sure, I think that there's a lot of even private things that, like, we have people who are believers who are privately maybe they're in sin or whatever. I just think that you're upholding a standard for certain positions. When I and when I say that, I'm not talking about maybe somebody leading worship, I would say that, hey, somebody who's leading worship should 100% be a believer. I think somebody who's teaching should be a believer. I would even go as far to say maybe even somebody who's doing announcements on a regular basis, no matter if that's in definitely in main service, but I would even say in student ministry should be a believer. Somebody leading a small group should be a believer. Like I'm not, I'm saying like, hey, I think that there is a place for people to feel like they're contributing to the body that they're participating in or to the people that they're participating in. There's a, there's a place for them to jump in and serve and that can be uh they can be a cop they can be in the sense of like they're helping monitor the facility they can be somebody who passes out donuts opens doors i just don't think it's a reasonable to consistently evaluate where people are at spiritually as it pertains to like a door greeter that's all i'm saying
2: yeah i don't know i yeah i don't know i just i feel like you're I feel like you're downplaying a little bit like, like I understand like it's just a door greeter or they're just handing out donuts, but like I, they're serving in the body. And and like, I guess you and me disagree on, I guess a bigger thing when you talk about them, like participating in the church, because I feel like, which again, I feel like this makes me sound like a jerk saying it out loud. But I think if someone comes to the church and they're not a believer in a sense, they aren't participating in the same level everyone else is like, they're not a part of the body of Christ. They're not gonna participate in the same way. And so we don't have to get into an argument about communion, but like a lot of people's views of communion would say, like, hey, during communion, you are just observing. Like you're not allowed to take part of that with us. You're not a part of the family in that sense. And, and I would agree with so, that. So I feel like in in some ways, which I would guess I'm arguing that volunteering fits in this way too, that yeah, unfortunately, there are certain things that you don't have access to because you're not a part of the body yet. You can be, and it's anyone can be. But if you're not, then then no, you can't volunteer.
0: Yeah, I think that's a sacrament and it's different. And I, I would agree with you on 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 that specifically, you know. yeah. But, and I, yeah, I just also don't, I think that there are levels of an onboarding process. Like when you walk through with a volunteer, when you talk about your handbook, where a non-believer can still represent your church. Because that's what you're saying is that you don't feel like they represent the church. They're not representing the church well. I think that there's a way that they can represent the church well and be a non-Christian. Who, I don't know, serves in the church. I think that's possible.
1: I just I just see volunteering and serving as one of the ways the church gives people an opportunity to exercise their spiritual gifts. And to me, when you take the opportunity away from a believer and in place of a non-believer, I just think that there's, like, an issue there. Okay. Look, there's a, there's a little devil's advocate pope.
0: But here, but that, but, and I would maybe even say that that's, yeah, kind of. I would even say that that may be, like, <laughs> I feel like that there are spots that are open that believers aren't taking, which is a whole nother conversation.
1: That's fine. But just because a believer's failing doesn't mean a non-believer, we should use non-believers there. It's, but I, right. but I feel like that those are sometimes onboardings
0: for them to, to become believers. Like there's a place, they feel right. like, Hey, there's a place for them, not just a seat where I can come and just watch you teach and like watch you take sacraments, watch people get baptized, but not just that, Hey, but there's actually a place that they can, that they belong, that they feel like they fit. And then they get connected to other believers who are hopefully serving. And that I, I don't know. I feel like I know too many stories where people's, People became believers and that started with their process in serving at a church. No, I I hear you. In my mind, it doesn't make sense on some basic serving levels. Like, so for instance, for me, if I had, and I would agree with you, Matt, like if I had somebody who wanted to lead a small group of any kind, whether that's students, whether that's kids, whether that's adults, whatever, whatever that looks like, I would ask them, well, hey, our small group members, like we, we want them to be, or small group leaders, we want them to be members of the church. They go to the membership class. And part of the problem with student ministry, right, is we can say, hey, go to the membership class, and we we kind of toss them on somebody else over there, and then somebody else gets to kind of, like, have that conversation with them, but we want them to be members, and you need to be a believer if you're going to be leading a small group. And that's why, like, for us, like, we have a whole separate application, like, hey, if you're going to be a small group leader, like, we need to know about kind of some things that you think theologically, ethically, morally, like, all those different types of things. So I think that there's different levels to it is really what I'm suggesting.
1: Yeah, and I... I know we keep coming back to membership, but that's like a membership is like a whole nother thing on like how membership functions. Because when, when membership is probably done properly, you can't have like church discipline done properly without membership done properly. Correct. So, and I agree with that. Yeah. So it's like, I think that if you have a volunteer, who's not a member, then who am I to like hold you to any kind of standard outside of like hey, don't be a butthole to this person if you're a greeter or handing them donuts or something. But like, I don't really have any authority over them to say, here's the standards you need to have outside of when you're right here in this building. Because I think of like a food bank, like you can be whatever type of person you want and volunteer at a food bank. And the food bank isn't gonna deny someone because of you know their lifestyle, whatever that might be, or how they conduct themselves on social media. But if I, like the church should have the right to do that. But they, how could yeah. they do that if that person is not a Christian? How am I going to hold you to the standards that I live by as a follower of Jesus? And how am I going to hold you to the standards of my members if you're not a member of my church?
0: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that there is a way that that can be done. Because I think in like the context that you're talking about is I'm not sitting out there with a clipboard. Hey, who wants to pass our donuts? Hey, who wants to hold open the door? Okay, right. boom, boom, boom. You, 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 you. No, I think that there's a process to that, like where we're inviting them in. And just as Paul saying, you sign a sheet of paper, like for us in our student ministry, we have a handbook that regardless of if you're a believer or not, you can come, you can volunteer with us, but you have to go through the handbook process. You have to sign the handbook. You have to agree to the things. And there are, there's a list of like, hey, this is your off ramp. So if these things happen, then we're gonna ask that maybe you don't serve with our student ministry team. Sure. and yeah. that's regardless. That's not even talking about community groups. That's just regardless. Like, hey, we're gonna ask that you don't participate in a ton of political jargon because, man, we want to be a good witness to people or whatever. You know, that can be that can be social media based. That can be the way that you lead your family. That can be, uh sexually. That can that can be like the way that you conduct yourself in that way. So, and I'm saying that that's a, that's that's at play for
1: believers and non-believers. Yeah. It just seems weird to hold like non-believers to like certain standards
2: that, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So I guess, I guess where, where that point gets hard for me is, yeah, you're, it's like, you're asking them to, to be able to follow Jesus commands when they don't have the spirit. But then also it's like, we're picking and choosing. So like, we're acknowledging that they're living in sin regardless. Cause if they're not a believer, they're somehow living in sin, but we just don't want it to be a public sin because we want them to represent the church well so like if someone's not a believer we recognize like I but don't you could know, say the same see- but
0: you sure but you could say that the same i was even thinking about and we can talk about this a little bit about like is there a biblical like angle to this conversation and i think that the church just looks super different and i think one of those things is like the concept of like private sense just that we have like with technology and like I don't know, just the way that we communicate is so different than like the early church. Cause you could say that same, the same thing that you're saying, Paul, you could say the same thing with believers. So like, and I know that this isn't what you're saying. So don't, don't hear me this way, but I know you're not saying, Hey, you signed the membership covenant. Okay. See ya. You know, like, I know that that's not what you're saying. You're, you're hoping for like some kind of consistent discipleship and that there's people involved in that person's life and those types of things that maybe that there's a way that they can express those things. But I'm just saying, I mean, like it's, you could say the same thing for believers that like well, they're maybe doing something privately that's not out in the open, blah, blah, blah. Like you say the same thing for both sides of that.
2: Sure. No, yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's like we recognize that non-believers like are are in sin and that they just like are not following Jesus, don't believe what we believe, but we're asking them to hold to a certain standard, but not really the church's standard because like they they don't even believe what we believe, so it's just public things. Like, hey, publicly, don't. It's basically, don't look like a jerk. Like, hey, but, look like a good person, right? But like, that's what you, ta- like. you keep
0: talking. You keep talking about sin. Like, you keep bringing up sin. In my mind, it's like, are we concerned about what they believe? Like, we're talking about non Christians, Christians, or are we talking about sin? Like, to me, like, I don't know. In membership classes, are we asking? people who are coming on volunteering like hey when was the last time that you fell to this and this and this and no of course not
2: no but i would say they relate because for instance okay if someone's living if a guy's living with his girlfriend okay so we would say well he's living in sin but we would say well since he's not a christian then he doesn't since he doesn't believe what we believe then why would he not live with his girlfriend like who cares or oh you know this this guy is doing something that we consider wrong but if he doesn't believe what we believe that he's not going to agree that it's wrong or even see why it's a problem. So I feel like it relates, if that makes sense. And I could yeah. be wrong, but I guess that's what that's that's what I'm trying to get across. I, I, I and I don't hear know I'm saying that right, but
0: I I hear what you're saying, and I think there's a lot of people that would probably disagree with me. I I agree with you at certain levels. Like I think that those questions are valid, should be asked, could be asked to even a non-believer for regardless of position. I just think that there are certain levels of church leadership and church commitment and contribution that like those questions are a hundred percent warranted and necessary versus some of the other, I know I keep bringing up donuts and like, you know, door greeting or whatever. But if somebody asked me like, Hey, can I run your slides in the back in student ministry? Yeah, I would let them if they're wanting to be involved. Why? Because to me, maybe for that person, for the very first time, I'm communicating to them, Hey, there's a place for you here. And like, I just feel like, to do the opposite. I just wonder if maybe we're saying the opposite and don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying like, Hey, inclusivity, like everybody in, but Jesus, I mean, I just feel like that the church should be inclusive in certain areas. And I think that there, that there are places that a non-believer could serve, you know? And it, I was thinking about it a lot today specifically, but it's like, what does that look like biblically? I, don't, I I just don't know even like the volunteer roles that we have now, <laughs> even remotely, like could be mirrored to what they were doing. Like we're talking about door greeting and counting cars. Like I just don't, I don't know if those positions in the church were like that, right? We're talking about the yeah, like sacraments. And that's why I say that. I just feel like those are different levels. Am I going to ask a, a non-believer to lead communion, baptize? No, of course not. Am I going to ask them to lead worship? No, but I don't know. Sure.
2: Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I, I do think it's really hard biblically, and I'm not saying that this is like the hard and fast answer, but but where my mind goes to when I think about that is um, the small group I'm with right now, we're going through Acts, and we just finished the chapter where um, basically the church is, is like mistreating the Hellenistic Jews and not giving them as much at the table as they are to the Hebrews, and they're arguing about it. And one of the things that we talked about in the small group a couple weeks ago was we weren't talking about volunteers at all. But one of the things that was interesting was that when they were trying to find, okay, so then who's going to hand out the things at the table? They looked for like spirit filled men and like they had the congregation vote and they were believers. And so it seemed like it, it seemed like even in that passage, like for something as simple as hanging, handing out things at the table and being fair, they were looking for not just anyone. It was like who were some of the more mature believers among us is what that seemed like and again i might be wrong and i'm not saying that that correlates that that means i'm right or that there's never a place to volunteer but that's something that i think of of like okay even when they were looking for someone like like to hand to hand things out at the table to the members to end- that's, a,
0: that's where membership to me comes in play and again we keep bringing up that word but like Hey, we're, we have a really big decision to make. And oftentimes, and I haven't always been a part of churches that do this, but I am right now that there are certain things that like need to be voted on. And we would say, Hey, that this is reserved for those who are members, like what you're saying, who are maybe a little bit like more invested, a little bit more committed to a little bit more in agreement with the way that we, we think the way that what we believe in those senses. So again, my bottom line is, I think that there is a place for non-believers because I think it ultimately can communicate to people. Okay. Especially just in our present context that, hey, there's a place for you. And I think that those levels are different. Like, I'm not going to ask somebody to lead a small group. but
2: So, so, so to be like, I guess, very specific for me. So just so, so I understand. So can you name some of those positions specifically then? Cause I know you've kind of mentioned like counting cars and you mentioned door graders. So even, so can you give churchwide and student ministry? Like if I'm a non-believer and I ask you, hey, what are opportunities for me to help? What would you say?
0: I would say so if you're part of a portable church, like you could do setup, up teardown. So you could set up chairs and tear teardowns, ch- chairs and stages set up and stuff like that. A lot of churches are that way. I think you could run check-in so you could help greet students uh, in a way that makes them feel, you know, welcomed and stuff like that. I think, um, I think you could work on the tech team. I think if you're gifted in sound, then maybe you could run sound. Um, I think you could, you know, run slides. I think you could be a door greeter. I think you could pass out food. I think you could work special events. Um, and then I would say the things that are like, Hey, I'm going to ask you or send you like another application, asking more specific questions or whatever to like, hopefully that creates some kind of discipleship moment. Right. And I would even go as far to say that maybe we should be asking those questions to everybody, regardless of the position But still, because that helps us have information on where this person is at, you know, and then still allowing them and saying, hey, we like reserve these positions for these people who like believe these things and are pursuing this type of lifestyle or whatever. But like, here's where we feel like you might be a good fit. I think that maybe that should be asked for everybody. But then I would say, if you're teaching scripture, if you're leading out, you're shepherding in any kind of way. Whether that, and again, that comes through like a lot of different things, you know? So I've been a part of churches where announcements weren't as big of a deal. The current church that I'm at, we view that as very much so a part of our worship service. And so I would say that for us, that like, I don't know. I don't know if I would let a non-believer do announcements. Probably not. Not unless it was a very specific thing, but I can't even think of like a, a time where I would. So
1: so you would say all those things, if it seems like the things you listed as believers are exclusive to being able to serve in this way are like things that we see in scripture. And then the other things are more like modern day 21st century type things. Right. Like, like you were mentioning earlier, they didn't have door greeters. They didn't have tech team. They didn't have donut. They didn't have any of that stuff. So like more of like our, our current context, we can plug in some non-believers there, but like things in scripture, like shepherding, teaching, worship leading worship, that stuff is exclusive for believers. And obviously, I would exactly. say,
0: yeah, I would say generally, yes. I think that that would be the case. And I think it's yeah, it's hard to match it up with the or with the early church because this thing just didn't exist. Sure, right. No, no, so, that's what I'm saying. And, like, and and it, let me even go like again, maybe a different conversation for a different time. Is that maybe church shouldn't look like door greeting and donuts and blah blah blah. Like, you know, and that might be the case too. And I would go as far as to say our churches would look a lot smaller
2: if it was the case. And but maybe that's what it should be. That's I don't know. okay.
1: Nothing wrong with small church like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying, Chandler. I don't. And again, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I I don't really agree with you, but I also like <laughs> don't think I could never get there, or I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I just at the moment probably don't agree with you, but I see what you're saying. And and it is hard to argue with experiences. So I know what you're saying. Like I I can also name multiple people who it's like, hey he or she was serving in this way for a couple of years because their spouse came or because they had nothing to do on Sundays or their kids liked it, whatever. And then they heard a sermon and it changed their life. And now they're super involved and they're followers of Christ. So I, it's hard to argue with experiences like that. So I get it. But.
0: So to both of you, like I would ask the question, I, like I feel like I've been talking a lot, but because I, I, am, I didn't think I was very passionate about it. Apparently I am. But I would ask you guys like, so what in y'all's like in your idealistic world of what that would look like, what's the change and shift that maybe the church needs to make or consider in, in that sense? Cause you're saying that you've had experiences, like what's your alternative there to tell them no.
1: I think that if someone came to me who wasn't a believer and asked to volunteer in some capacity, if this was the stance I was choosing to take, then I think that, it would be to clearly explain to them that this is this is a privilege for those who are part of the body of Christ in this church, um, for members, and then and it's like any like what Paul was saying earlier, being part of the body of Christ and being a follower of Jesus is open and available to all people, regardless of things you've done or who you are or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then, like that next step might be helping them understand what it means to become a follower of Christ, then becoming a member. And after becoming a member, then choosing the right avenue to exercise your spiritual giftings and then finding a place to plug them in, I guess, in my mind, like would be like the logical next steps. But I think part of it is like clear communication of the two things. One, this is for believers and for members of our church. And two, anyone can follow Jesus and be a member of our church if they follow Jesus. Anyone from any background yeah
0: i hear you and i think that those questions are important because those are discipleship questions that's important regardless i think you know if you don't know if your door greeter is a believer or not then i think we're doing that part wrong too right because let's just it's be true. honest that there there are great churches that are doing both sides of those things like well, the three of us might disagree on a couple of nuanced things there but there's great churches doing that and i would argue you should still you should still ask those questions, those questions are important my question matt i guess is like how do you work backwards on that? So let's say people are listening and their churches don't do that. What you're talking about and what y'all are proposing. How do
1: you work backwards on that? I don't think that the the stance that I'm taking is like the hard and only way to do it. So sure, I I think that the what you're saying and the stance that you've taken is it's totally valid, and I don't think there's a need to work backwards. I'm of both ends. Like I think that either yeah. one can work, and I, there's been times I have no idea what my church does as far as and I and, and I'm I'm, a,
0: I'm both in too to be honest. But I guess I'm just trying to say, hey, like thinking out loud, what, what would that even look like? Because I don't know a church that does that. So I'm trying to think of like what does that look like to yeah. say like, hey, we're changing up what we're thinking here. Yeah, like, I, those of you who are non-believers, like let's backtrack.
1: I think that it's going to start with like you have to redo, redo, and revamp what it means to be a member of the church for them i think that you probably safest bet would be to start there because if you're just suddenly going to say it's for christians only what's going to stop them from just saying well i am a christian but like i think that if you totally revamp uh the what membership looks like it's more than just attending a one-time class it's more than just saying i signed this covenant you know quote covenant thing piece of paper i think that you just have to relook at that i know that the
0: membership thing is key the membership thing's a big deal and i think What you're touching on with membership is something that needs to be discussed later in a deeper sense because there's people who don't do memberships, which is, you know, eh, I I really like the membership thing. I've never been a part, always been a part of churches that do memberships, but I like them.
2: Don't know if it's always done well, but. So, so I, I agree. I also feel like, like a big, a big point of conversation to have with someone in that position would be reminding them of the things that they can participate in because i feel like there's so many things at church to do besides volunteering so i would even ask like and i don't know we're talking about very like i don't know if we'll ever even come across a situation right like i feel like we're talking about very big hypotheticals but like why do you want to hand out donuts so bad like you could literally you could go to a small group or if your church does sunday so you can go to sunday school you can go sit in service you can come to every event we do like you're welcome in the building you're welcome to participate in things like you don't have to like I don't know, or like during service, you don't have to be outside in the parking lot. Like, you're welcome to come inside and listen, or you're welcome to sit in the lobby and not listen. But like, you don't have to be helping or volunteer. Like, I feel like it's an opportunity to show like there are plenty of things to participate in at the church, but like serving, if we're going to use that word, is is for our members as we believe that service is a part of of what the body's doing here. I don't know. I feel like that would be an important part of the conversation. Like, kind of like the hey there there are things for you to participate in if you don't believe. And that's great. But like, if you come to believing of being a member, then we believe like serving can be a part of that.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Sorry, Matt. I feel like I'm taking up some of your time here, but I I don't know, man. I think we're maybe misunderstanding the discovery process for some people. Like when you, I don't think it's that somebody, no one loves passing out donuts. That's like, I ain't nobody itching to pass out some donuts. Like when you said that in my mind, that's what I think. I was like, I just don't, I don't know if anyone's itching to hold open a door, or stand outside and do check-in right now during COVID. Like, I don't know if people want to do that. I think that there's a discovery mode process thing. I think people, there are people who tithe and give to our churches financially that well, maybe, and we would maybe say, suggest that maybe they're not tithing, but they would give to the church financially, right? That were, they're in a discovery mode process and they're trying to figure out what does this thing look like? Where do I fit? What? I, I don't know. I think serving is a big part of that discovery mode process. And
1: so I think that there's got to be some elements open. But. I, I think, yeah, I think that makes total sense. Um, just like the, the example we gave of someone bringing their spouse to maybe help open doors with them or give out donuts. And through that, they have a conversation and they're led to Christ or whatever. So I, I see I see what you're saying, Chandler, and I see what what Paul's saying in that there are probably, cause I'm like, a. there are other steps if to, before you should take before you volunteer. Like I, I was, as you guys know, part of the, being a strong advocate at the church, we, we used to work at where we said, uh, if you want to be a volunteer, then you need to be attending services and be in our life groups, like our small groups ministry before you can even volunteer because, those two first steps need to be taken. So, like, I get, I get what you're saying, Paul, and I get the discovery process too that you're saying, Chandler. And yeah. And
0: it's I, funny that you bring that up because I was a part of like deciding that, and I you were like
1: agree. the strongest advocate for it.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Like, I understand that. I mean, in some sense <laughs> yeah, he I mean yeah, he was.
1: Yeah, yeah he, he was. Mad with that too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he was. No, That's why, I, 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 and I yeah, I he's just I, he's I, repented. I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like just because it just comes back to, I feel like it comes back to what we mentioned at the beginning, like your definition, I guess of serving and membership or your even like opinion on what that means or what that looks like. Because I would say just because it could be beneficial and, and then I'm not trying to do like a strawman's argument, but just because it be, could be beneficial for someone to hand out donuts in their discovery of what it looks like to be a part of a church and it helps their faith. You could say the same for like, Oh, for them to take communion with us or yeah me letting them on stage like you could say the same thing and i know that's like exaggerated but it's not really that exaggerated it's the same no, thing it's like yeah it is that, exaggerated what if you that just helped equated, someone fall you just love?
0: you just equated donuts to communion
2: that's not the same thing but i'm saying no 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 but i'm saying but you're what you're saying is oh letting them a part of that but it's because what i see as volunteering is something that in a church is something that a Christian should do. So so it's like, hey, that letting them experience in that lets them see what it's like to be a Christian and interact with Christians. You say the same for communion. Oh, Christians do this. Oh, it helps them remind them that they're forgiven. Oh, I like this. Like you could use the same, I don't know.
0: I'm going to start slapping. If I see a non-believer that I know is a non-believer,
2: I'm going to start slapping
0: that communion cup out there. <laughs> You're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: so annoying. That's fine. I, I don't know. Like I said, Members I'll Members only communion.
0: Time. We're going. Let me let me let me say this. I I obviously like have a disagreement with y'all on some of those things, but I respect them and I understand them. And like I, the point that I had said before too is like maybe there needs to be a complete. Overhaul. I've never read this book, but I know that like maybe in some senses, Francis Chan, maybe, I don't know if he touches on this at all, but the letters to the church thing kind of presents in my understanding. I've read a little bit of it, but I haven't finished it. It's like kind of like a new church idea, a new picture of what that should look like. And I think that there's something to consider there. You know, maybe we shouldn't be serving donuts at church. I don't know, you know, or
1: I don't know, holding doors open and stuff like that. But I, don't, I have no idea. Hey, as we talk about church, maybe we can do a podcast on this. Is the church for non-Christians or just like for Christians? Yes. And that's a, that's a whole nother thing. That, yes. that is I, that's I, a really spicy you. topic. You know what I mean?
0: It's a huge spicy topic. And, and I, and I'm saying, and this is where you could maybe change my mind is if once we define church, cause we probably, I would probably be willing to bet the three of us probably define church similarly. I'm even thinking, Paul, when we did camp a couple of years ago, and I'm going through the same series with our students right now. Is that church is a group of uh, is a group of people uh, like devoted to a specific purpose? And so, even in me saying that definition, is like I recognize that non Christians don't fit that definition, and I understand that. But I'm just saying, like I'm just viewing like our church context right now, and I don't know. But I hear what you're saying. I yeah, do.
2: no, I agree with you. That's funny. I do remember doing that with you. And yes, I yeah, m- my wife has said. Sorry, Michaela. I'm going to quote you without asking if this is okay, but I remember her saying this. <laughs> Michaela has said multiple times before, if a if a non-Christian can can go to church and totally like understand everything and be totally comfortable with everything throughout it, then like there's probably something wrong with like how the church is doing it. Like there should be something that a non-Christian should feel uncomfortable yeah. in, or like, hey, I don't feel like I fit in all of a sudden, or hey, this doesn't feel right, like because there should be something drastically different about about a worship like like a group of believers getting together to worship like there's something different that a non-believer should feel like feel left out of not not to say that 100%. i want people to feel yeah. uncomfortable in church but you know what i'm saying 900%. anyways so so i get passionate about that would be a fun topic matt but we should, we should do that one yeah yeah that would be good
1: yeah i i think you're right yeah that's true i'll take so. the seeker stance you know i'll i'll uh, pick a side and i'll i'll poke you guys back you know
0: that'd be fun
2: <laughs> yeah
1: that's funny.
0: Okay, well, do y'all have any summarizing statements, any additional thoughts? Do y'all feel good about what we talked about?
2: I feel good about it. I like disagreeing with you, Chandler. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I, fun. Uh, it's fun. No, it's dis- fun.
0: We would disagree on a lot of things, like are you a good skateboarder or not? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i <laughs> disagree on
2: that. That is disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll i say again, I know I've said a lot of times, is that I'm I'm not... This is the topic that I'm very willing to like be open to changing my mind. I feel like I... I believe what's right right now, but um, I could definitely see other points of view and I'm I'm definitely open to hearing thoughts. So I'm excited to see what our listeners have to say. Yeah, we'll
1: see. And they, it, You know, it's funny, people probably won't get as fired up about this as it, they did when we talked about uh, should flags be in the sanctuary or not. But I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to hear what people have to say yeah. about this one. I yeah. also love that we came into this, um, which we do most of them, but we especially came into this one uh just with the question asked in our group text and then we fired up the podcast there was no like <laughs> researching and pre-planning and like hey i think this is kind of what i'm thinking this is what you're thinking paul like we can really bounce what, off each other with that
0: i knew what i knew what paul thought i knew what he thought <laughs> yeah <it> was good <laughs> this one was buddy. well cool guys glad that uh, we got to have the conversation and so uh real quick let's do our 30 second soaps before we get out of here matt you want to start us off <laughs>
1: I think Paul should start us off. (laughs)
2: That's fine. I can start us off. He gives me a timer. All right. I got you, Paul. Ready? I I I actually have one this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Oh,
1: no. Paul's got to go first, man. (laughs) Well, get me with a timer. Yeah, Chandler. (sighs) You – (laughs) <laughs> you're to make me mad. i thought Chandler said, Golly, yeah, the timer. you're about
0: to make me try to edit this out because you're over here clicking a timer not clicking a timer you're all right i'm doing the timer no uh, no i got it right I'm here it. three two oh
2: there you go all right i have a new restaurant everybody needs to try this week was my three-year wedding anniversary with michaela and we went to Peli pelly um i went to the one in the Galleria. i think there's a few other locations but it was amazing um and and recently I guess this is really what my soapbox is about is me and Michaela are on this new thing lately where it's like hey if I just have to spend a couple more extra dollars for it to be the experience to be that much better I'm doing that now. So when we went um, to Peli Peli. Oh my gosh, my 30 seconds are coming up and my mind's in two different directions. Dang it! Okay, my time's up. That was the worst one I've ever done. I went in with one idea and then went to another idea. Never mind. Never mind. I'm done.
1: Okay, we're going to Peli Peli and we're going to spend more money than we should just to make it better because more money means better. That's what I got. Out of yeah, I
2: lost my train of thought. Whatever, whatever. I'm done. Alright, I'm ready. Let's go. I got you on the timer. Okay. Alright, three, two, one. All right, my 30-second soap today
0: has to do with life. My wife, Caitlin, and I, we just celebrated our four-year anniversary, which is actually one day or two days uh, right after Paul's, I think. One day. Uh, one day before Paul's, he saw our anniversary day. But <laughs> beside the point, we went to this place called Getaway House. It was an Instagram ad. Shout out, sponsored me. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was very getaway. You basically pay for no cell phone service, no Wi-Fi, all those kinds of things. Really disconnect for a couple of days. It was, it was good. Good job. You hit your 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> Man, you're the one who likes the minute and a half slow boxers
2: trying to get on Chandler. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Uh, Chandler went 30. I'm going 31. All right, Paul or Matt, sorry. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay. This one is about life, a.k.a. my life, a.k.a. my fish's life. So I wanted to give you guys a quick 20 second update on my boy Dano. He is. Di- nah. He's actually alive and well. Like I said, he will still be alive when Luke learns to walk. He likes to swim. It's like a, this is like an update when your kids like turns 3 months old and you're like he likes to. Dano likes to swim and play. He likes to eat his food and I haven't changed his water in 3 weeks.
0: Ew. Oh
1: my
0: like uh, you sound like me with my chicken like just not changing things.
1: Not <laughs> <to eat it. laughs> but still be eating the eggs out of <laughs> Hey, Danos, he's alive and well. He's actually not swimming right now, but normally he likes Oop. to swim around. So uh, I should hilarious. probably change the water, you. but you know,
0: I'm proud of you, good fish, fish, Papa. That's right, boy.
1: There.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, fish, Papa. All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining the conversation, y'all. It was very fun, exciting, even though we disagreed a little bit. So, to our listeners, thanks for thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Life and Ministry Podcast.